Charlotte, North Carolina, and this recording is from one of our church services. For more information, visit our website at churchofphiladelphia.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the message. and let you take your seat in Jesus name Romans chapter number 8 starting at verse number 15 it's on the screens amen and the word of our holy God reads it says what well you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear but you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry Abba Father you can see be seated in the presence of our living God amen and, and today we're jumping into a brand new sermon series is going to be called uh, the anatomy of bondage the anatomy of bondage and so uh, even as we jump into this brand new sermon series, that's going to actually, that's going to be the title that I'm going to roll with. I'm going to be dealing with the anatomy of bondage. Amen. So I pray that your minds and your hearts are open. Uh, I pray this makes sense to you. I definitely pray that you get something out of it. Um, and I pray that you are not going to this thing with closed eyes, nor having closed ears in Jesus' name. Amen. Because what we are actually going to talk about it's all in Scripture, and if you believe the Word of God, then I can't make it up. Amen? All right, so we're here in the book of Romans, which is considered to be Paul's gospel to the church at Rome that consisted mainly of Gentiles, people like us, you know, small population of Jews, those shows of people, those called out people, but Gentile folk like you and I, you know, and so he's presenting this good news, right? And most of us, when we come to chapter 8, we, we like to travel down to verse number 28. And we know all things work together for the good of them that love God and who have been called according to His purpose. You know, we like that. When we're going through different things, we like that. We like to uh, read that scripture and make ourselves feel better. You know, well, we're the type of church that like to listen. Okay, I'm not trying to knock you, hustle or none of that stuff. But every now and then your bubble has to be burst. You know, so even when you go to that scripture, it only works for you if you love God. Right? I'm in the book, right? It only works for you if you love God. Now, God's definition of love is not our definition of love. Matter of fact, he tells me, if you love me, then you'll do what? You would obey me. So God measures your love based upon your what? Obedience. So if you're not obeying him, God looks at it as uh, you don't love me. And, and we've been talking about our last sermon series. We've been talking about how the people, we went, we went to the prophetic book, the book of Isaiah, followed in the book of Mark and the gospel, how, how Jesus was saying, these people, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So we talk a good game. We know how to say, God, yes, I love you. Yes, I need you. Yes, I adore you. I worship you. But he's saying, listen, your heart is far from me. You know how to talk a good game. You know how to honor me. You know all the right things to say. But when it comes to your heart, your heart is far from me. And we even found out how we have set up idols. We have established. We. We. Scripture said we have set up idols in our hearts. And we have kept stumbling blocks of iniquity before our face. Iniquity deals with the mind. It starts in the mind. 
So there are different things that we have dealt with in our mind. Ideas, ideologies, uh, dreams, goals, whatever the case may be that we have erected and we've kept it before us and this thing is causing us to stumble. And this is what the scriptures say, right? So, again, every now and then your bubble, your bubble has to be burst every now and then. You know, you may be looking at the scripture like this and this is really what the scripture is actually saying. So we are here and we're going to be dealing with the anatomy of bondage. And if you know anything about anatomy, that was one of them science classes that, that you should have taken in, in somewhere in high school. You know, and then some of us are like, okay, anatomy, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. Well, actually talking about what? Well, I'm going to give you a definition, but from what I can remember from high school, we dealt with the anatomy of the, of the body, the breakdown of the body, identifying the body parts, you know, from the muscular system to the skeletal system, you know, dealing with the parts and then dealing with its function, how it worked in, in conjunction to what it was actually connected to. So we dealt with the anatomy of the body. So we're dealing with the anatomy of bondage. In other words, we're describing what bondage looks like. I'll give you this. When we talk about, when we talk about bondage, because most folks don't believe demons are real and none of that stuff, right? If you say you believe Bible, then you know it's real. Most people have tried to say, okay, well, demons only existed in the day that Christ lie. Case in point, if you have occurring behavior in your life that you just cannot seem to stop, the chances are it's showing you that there is the presence of a demonic force that is present in your life. Right? So as we look at the anatomy of bondage, we're going to show you what bondage actually looks like. And what Paul is speaking to, the, to these, this church at Rome, what he's letting them understand, because clearly these people being under the rulership of the Roman Empire. You know, when you think about how vast this empire was, although Gentile, these were conquered people by the Roman Empire. So they understand what it is to be enslaved by someone, right? Now, though they now have liberty by being a part, either you're going to be with us or you're going to be an enemy and we're going to stamp you out. So by being a part, surrendering to the rulership of the Roman Empire, they have certain liberties that have been afforded to them, right? So it's just like even some of the Jews that are there, because they are of the chosen people, because they are of the nation of Israel, they understand what it is to be bound. That's why the scripture says, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. So even for the Jews that were present here at this church in Rome, they understood you know, when you go through their lineage, they understood what it was to be enslaved by another nation, hence Egypt, right? So Paul is letting them know that as the Holy Spirit is given to you, this is not a spirit of bondage. You don't have to be afraid of this spirit. Because a slave, a slave is fearful because guess what? They're at the mercy of their master. They're at the mercy of the one that owns them. You're my property. I do whatever I desire or please to do with you. If, if I want to mishandle you, if I want to abuse you, then that's what I do. Right? So that's why Paul is saying, for you have not received the spirit of bondage against the fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. This is a different spirit that Paul is saying is being introduced to you when he talks about the spirit of adoption. But he's bringing to their attention something that they were very familiar with, and that is the spirit of bondage. 
And most of us, like we said, we don't necessarily know what bondage actually looks like. So as we talk about what bondage looks like, one of the definitions that I dealt with were uh, for anatomy, right? Did I give you these definitions? Okay, anatomy, right? Definition number one, it talks about the structural makeup, especially of an organism or any of its parts. So as we talk about bondage, we're talking about the structural makeup of bondage. As well as bondage itself is the organism that we're talking about. And we're talking about the different parts that make up bondage. When we think about bondage, off-gate, if you understand Scripture, we automatically go to demon possession. Right? We automatically go to demonic possession. That is true. But I want you to think about this. There was something called oppression. There was something called suppression. And then there is possession. Alright, so we're giving you the identity or the picture of what bondage actually looks like. Definition number two for anatomy is defined as a separating or dividing into parts for detailed examination. Hence, oppression. So, uh, that's a part of bondage. Suppression is a part of bondage. And then there is possession, which is a part of bondage. We must separate this for detailed examination as we look at the anatomy of bondage. Because if you like me, to hear that you could possibly be possessed by demons, I took offense to that. Well, my pastor told me, like, listen, you got... Now, this is the thing. Who is Paul talking to? Paul is talking to the church at Rome. So, what am I... I'm, okay, this is what I'm about to say to you. It is very possible, very much possible to be a Christian and still be demonically possessed. Back it up with Scripture, right? Remember Jesus told the disciples, I'm getting ready to go to prepare myself for the cross. And then Peter called himself rebuking Jesus. And Jesus turned around and said, get thee behind me, Satan. Why have you allowed Satan to enter into your heart? Peter, a disciple who would then be, later on would become the founding apostle of the church. Satan, the king of darkness, the king of this world, per se, or the god of this world, entered into his heart. He's a student of Jesus Christ, but yet he allowed Satan to enter into his heart. So until Christ said, get thee behind me, he had momentary possession by a demonic entity, that being Satan. It was the words of Christ that caused Satan to be expelled or cast out. By saying, Satan, get thee behind me. That caused Peter to actually become free. All right? So when my leader told me, not, I'm giving you an image about me, I was saved. I was saved. But my leader kept telling me, say, you got, you got some, every now and then you'll hear us say something like little people. When you hear me say that term, little people, I'm making reference to demons. Right? And this is what we must understand even about demons, right? We can go throughout Scripture. For example, if you go into the Gospels, 
familiar passage of scripture, right? Uh, when, 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 when Jesus allowed the transference of a demonic force known as legion to come out of the individual and then go into the animals, the pigs, the swine, and they ran violently down the hill into the water, right? Well, you follow me, right? That's, that's, that's in Scripture. What we must understand about Scripture, or demon, demonic forces, I should say, is this right here. What you notice in Scripture, they had the presence of mind to acknowledge who was coming. Because the Bible said they cried out and said, why have you come to torment us before time? Speaking to Jesus Christ. So what does it show you about a demon? They have understanding. They had presence of mind. They had the ability to speak out because the Bible said they spoke out to him and said, why have you come to torment us before our time? And when he allowed them to enter in, they screamed out. So it also shows you not only do they have knowledge or intellect, presence of mind, the ability to communicate, but they also possess emotion. So the only thing that a demonic force does not have that you have, because all they are are spiritual persons, spiritual beings, the only thing that they do not possess that you have is a physical body. So hence the term when we talk about possession, they need a physical body, they need a body to carry out their evil deeds. So what am I saying? They are an individual, a person just like you. They just avoid of a physical body. So we consist of what? When we talk about what? We have intellect, we have emotion, and we have will. Their will was also on demonstration when they say, bid us go into the swine. So you saw everything that you possess in the scriptures that a demonic force operate the same way. They just lack a physical body. You saw their intellect on display. You saw their emotion as well as you saw their will on display. They just lack a body. So going back to the story, I was highly offended when my leader was like, hey, you got little people on the inside of you. I was like, what? But I'm saved. That doesn't even make sense. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That doesn't even make sense. How can I be saved and have demons? It's the whole point of coming to Jesus to get away from demons. How can I be saved and have demons at the same time. But I just showed you in Scripture, right, how it's possible to have that. In other words, as we talk about the anatomy of bondage, breaking it down, remember I just talked about oppression. Mike, did I give you that definition? I didn't give you that definition, right? Okay, fine. Oppression is defined as what? It is the sense of being weighed down in body or in mind. Oppression is defined as the sense of being weighed down in body or in mind. So one of the first parts or the first part to bondage, or one of the, uh, the, we'll say the first part that bondage looks like is oppression. Now, based upon that definition, that didn't necessarily mean that anything was on the inside of me. But still very much so, there is demonic activity that has taken place that has come upon me. It hasn't entered in, but it has come upon me. Think about it. I'm pretty sure everybody in here has struggled with depression at some point, right? Where you felt weighed down. 
Whatever the thing was that you were dealing with, it felt heavy to carry. One of the key things when you talk about oppression, one of the key things that tries to enter in or one of the demonic forces that tries to enter in by the means or by the way of oppression, the first part of bondage is depression. I feel that what I'm dealing with, I feel weighed down in body or mind. Think about this, because as we paint you this picture, the mind forces need a doorway to enter in. Now, the, some of the doorways are simply, you give them permission by what you allow yourself to be involved in. What you allow yourself to partake of, you're giving a demonic force permission to actually enter in the physical body. Have you ever paid attention to the little holes on your face? You know, y'all spiritual. Some everybody in here is not as spiritual as y'all. Have you ever paid attention to the holes on your face? Meaning your nose, your ears, your eyes, your mouth. When you think about that from a, on a spiritual side, all those are gateways. For example, when you go into the book of Psalms, chapter number 24, the scripture says, lift up your head, O ye gates. A gate does what? It gives you access. It gives you an entry point to some type of place right so notice things that you look at with your eyes your eyes capture images pictures that you put in your mental rolodex that you can later go back and flip through you know <laughs> Christian stop man I'm trying to be serious <laughs> I'm trying to be serious man and, and, and not make this sound so crazy for people right right when it's not that when it's not an image think about the different things that you have heard they have tried to attribute it to our culture as black people, right? Why it's such a bad thing to listen to gangster rap because what you heard, a lot of people, when they heard that, they didn't know how to disassociate from what they heard. They began to go and try to act out what they actually heard. So they gave entry based upon what they heard. Think about your mouth. It doesn't always have to be something that you literally taste with your mouth. We're speaking to appetite now, what you have an appetite for. And we're not talking about foods and drinks, because guess what? Housed inside of your soul, the part of your soul is something called appetite, desires and passions. So the things that you are hungry for, the things that you thirst after, could actually give a demonic force access. For example, some of us, we tend to say, I'm hungry for attention or I'm thirsty for attention. Depending on the type of attention that you're hungry or thirsty for, based upon your appetite, your palate, per se, determines what you have given access to yourself. All right? so, so as we look at the anatomy of bondage, that's oppression, right? Where things can tend to come upon you and weigh you down in body or in mind. And only God knows, between you and God, only you and God knows, oh, unless God should happen to let someone tap into your thought process, because it's very much possible, right? Only you and God know what you're thinking about throughout the course of your day. 
And even though some of us are, I'm talking about born-again believers, it does not mean that we still don't wrestle with this flesh. We still have to wrestle with this flesh every day. So there are still things that the enemy sends our way. I'm talking about things that we love. Save, but I still like it. Save, and I love this. Save, and I haven't forgot that. Oh, I remember what that sounds like, what it looks like, what it smells like, what it tastes like. I remember the experience of that thing, right? And if you're not careful, memory, again, oppression, dealing with the mind. Memory could be a gateway, an access, or entry point. Because think about it, for those of us that are married, and your spouse that you have right now, you know when you get mad, because you know we easily get mad with our spouses and things of that nature. If you're not careful, the enemy will give you a memory of your first love. Because what I've been learning, everybody got a first love. And if you didn't marry your, uh, your high school sweetheart, if you didn't marry your high school sweetheart, now the truth be told, you might have married your high school sweetheart. But it took God giving you a love for your high school sweetheart. Because your high school sweetheart wasn't necessarily your flavor or your taste. You understand what I'm saying? Y'all not going to go ahead and say, I'm going to tell that truth for it. It wasn't necessarily your flavor. You're like, oh, Jesus. Oh, my God, Jesus. But you love him now. But if you're not careful, the enemy can access memory because there's something called body language. What is your body speaking to the enemy that the enemy automatically knows, okay, let me go get this memory right here. Let me go tap into this memory right here. What have you exposed to? What have you said to the enemy based upon body language? Or better yet, beyond body language, what did the enemy actually hear when we were arguing? I had to be heard. You had to be heard. It's not like we were quietly arguing. It's not like we was arguing in sign language. You weren't arguing in sign language. You took it here. Your optics went here. Your tone went here. And then some of us get bold like, mm, if I can cuss. You know, we'll throw that out there in the conversation. Lord, if, if I can cuss, I'll cuss you out right now. You know, that's how saved some of us are. I'm that saved right there. I'm that kind of saved right there. God, whoo, if God, I cuss you out so good. But then it goes, it goes a bit further for me. I'd be like, listen, I was, I was, telling, I was telling them what I don't Don't judge me. Now I'm going to let y'all in. Don't judge me, y'all. Because you judge me. Guess what? I know how to go to God and say, God, show me something about them. These five devils that think they so perfect, God, show me something about them. Now, I'm just letting you know who you're dealing with. I ain't about it by myself now, but I'm about to put myself out here for a second, so don't judge me, right? Right? Listen now, uh, it, it goes a little bit further for me. Because I'll be like, yo, I, I'm, if I can cuss you out, this is what I've been telling my wife. If I can cuss you out, I'll cuss you out so good. But it goes a little further for me. I have been there, I was like, if you was a man, I'll punch you dead in your forehead right now. Start going your mouth so quick like a tic tac, just <laughs> peppermint, whatever you want to call it. I go in your mouth so quick if you was a dude. Oh, but understand, she has told me when I've said, in her eyes, in her opinion, when I have said something that was just stupid, 
if, if I was a dude, I'd, she was like, if I was a dude, I'd punch you right in your face. You see how I'm looking right now? That's how I'd be like, you're getting a little too comfortable saying that. You're getting a little too comfortable talking about hitting me. Like, I'm just trying to tell you the type of person I am, right? I got to be careful because I can open the door to that. So, that's the mind. Now, how many of you have thoughts like that but never verbalized that? You don't want to be a man, but if you could be a man for a moment, or you'll drag some of us men. If I could be a man for a moment and just drag them and turn back into a woman, oh, I would beat them down so bad. I ain't never want to be a woman. That's why I say, if you were a man, <laughs> if you were a man, oh, I'll punch in your forehead. In the forehead. I'm trying to get your thought process right. Just bad. You can keep all your teeth. I'm just, I just need the thought process to be right. Just bad. Just, you know. That's dealing with the mindset. So most of us are not inclined to talk about what we think about. Because if I really put my thoughts on display, if we really had to put our thoughts on display, or if God were to flash our thoughts on the screens, all of us would get up out of here just, I got to go. All of us would have that slave mentality. Those that know history know what I'm talking about, <laughs> right? You understand? If, 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 if we really had to show people the type of thoughts that we had. I'm talking about most of us say. If we really had to tell people what we think about throughout the course of our day. Married, but you had a thought about this woman. That's not your wife. Married, but you had a thought about this man, but that's not your husband. That's not even your boo. Just in case you're not married, but that's not even your boo. But in the moment, in the moment, he looked good. He smelled good to you. You like his shoe. You like how he was dressed. He was mindful of you. He paid attention to you. He noticed things about you that your boo don't necessarily notice. And you like the fact that you were noticed by him. Because this is all you want from the person you're with. Oppression. Mindset, right? So when we move to something called suppression, right? I want to show you something. Before we get into this right here, just, just go over to Galatians chapter 5, verse number 1. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 1, right? Because as we talk about suppression, I want you to see something in Scripture, right? Suppression, the definition for suppression is defined as the checking of one's true feelings and impulses when dealing with others. Suppression is defined as the checking of one's true feelings and impulses when dealing with others. So the definition is suggesting how we suppress what we truly feel about the people that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. Right? So Galatians 5 and 1 reads, it says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ have made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. A yoke is something that is placed upon. Typically, we understand yokes that are placed upon Working animals, ox, cow, things of that nature, right? It's placed upon them 
so that they don't get out of line on what they've been instructed to do or what the master desires for them to do. The yoke of bondage help keeps them yoked together. Because imagine, if you put us by side by side, physically, Pastor Ivan is, well, I'll say Gene. If you put Gene next to me, physically, Gene, he towers over me. Height-wise, build-wise, it's just, what if you put a, a yoke upon our necks? The yoke is designed to keep that big, The yoke is designed to keep that big man of God, <laughs> that big guy, my big brother, big little brother, from just pulling me. Physically, his stature would dominate my stature, but the yoke is designed to cause us to have to work together, suppresses us together. So, again, suppression is defined as the checking of one's true feelings and impulses when dealing with others. So the emotions deal with the heart. The heart is a component of the soul. So the picture that I'm painting when we talk about oppression dealing with the mind, a person could be, a bondage looks like this here, a person could be bound in the psychological, in the psyche. Take it a step further. When you look at this and we're talking about suppression, a person could be bound in their heart or their emotions or when I say emotions, I'm really talking about the soulish realm. Hence, soul ties. And this is the thing. Even when we talk about iniquity and things of that nature right there, we understand iniquity starts in the mind and the thought process, right? So thoughts are nothing more than unspoken words considered to be seeds. Thoughts are nothing more than unspoken word. Jesus tells us in the book of John, he says, these words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. I feel like I'm going into next week's message, but listen. Thoughts are nothing more than unspoken words. And we talk about most of us are not displaying or talking about what we actually think about throughout the course of our day. If words are spirit and life, if thoughts are nothing more than unspoken words, then what spirits occupy my psychology? And when they're not dealt with in the psychological realm, it then leaves room or gives access to not enter into my heart or my soulish realm, right? Think of it like this here. Ever been mad? Just in your psyche. Thought about something and it made you mad. The longer you kept thinking about what made you mad, that thing entered into your heart. See, initially it was just a thought, like... But the longer and the more and more you kept thinking about it and kept thinking about it, mulling over it, mulling over it, repeating it in your mind, you gave access to enter into your heart. And what was just a thought, you now actually have real emotions. Now you're like, mm, I, mm, 
Now you're moving stuff around the house. You understand what I'm saying? Like, you're just you're pushing stuff around because what started off as a thought, I just had anger in my thought process. Now I really feel what was in my head. I really feel the emotion of what was a thought. Y'all are grimming like y'all know what I'm talking about, right? You know, for those of you that deal with road rage, it was a thought because you don't know them. It was a thought like, mm, I want to, mm, mm, if I, mm, mm, mm. But even though they cut you off, now they got right in front of you. So the fact that they cut you off gave you the initial thought to be mad, right? But the fact that they have not gone on down the road and you trying to get around them to look at them, you understand what I'm saying? Like, I need to look at you. I need, uh, you need to see my face that, that did not plead. You, oh, you, you need to see my, you try to speed up and they, they, they see you. They look, you see them looking at you in that rear view. You like, mm, oh, and then this person get in the way. You like, ah, they just need to, oh, oh. What is all hitting another wheel is gonna do? All that beat laying on your horn. That ain't doing nothing. I'm showing you what started off as a thought entered into your heart. Now you have true emotions. Some of y'all be on that point to where you want to follow them folk home. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You getting off on 36? I'm getting off too. You don't even know what's on exit 30 number six. You, I'm, I'm getting off too. You get, oh, oh. It's, it's proof that what started off as a thought has now turned into an emotion. If you don't check that thing while it's in your emotional realm, it now has access. Because the spirit of the man is housed right here. Right? Scriptures let us know that. If you don't get this thing from the psychological stage or realm... It then enters into the emotional realm. And if you don't stop it there, it now enters into the spirit of the man. When you think about the spirit of the man, your will is associated with your soul. But once you get into the spirit of the man, this is where you now want to take action. This is where you now want to go and act out what initially started as a thought. But because I didn't cast it down when it was a thought, that thing grew, and now it's a real live emotion. I, I, mm, I feel a certain way. Now it's just not enough to feel a certain way. I have to go and do something. Do you know somebody? And can you relate with what I'm talking about? This is the anatomy of bondage. This is what bondage looks like. And when you talk about the third aspect, that is the possession. But before we go there, let's, let's, that suppression, the checking of one's true feelings. Most of us never really deal with our true feelings with people until we get mad. Until you get mad. Well, let me say it like this. When you're angry, <laughs> when you're angry, you're still dealing with surface stuff. You know, we say stuff like, I'm angry, you made me angry, stuff like that, right? 
when you're angry, you're still not dealing with the root cause of what you're really upset about. But if you ever move into being what we say mad, there it is. There it is right there. They got a real issue right there. There is the real you right there. You know, when you're saying that, uh, I can't stand you. There it is. Tell us how you really feel. You get on my nerves. So tired of doing everything for you. There it is. Come on. And then most of us who are on the receiving end and hearing things like this here, because we get so immature based upon the offenses that have been hurled at us, only thing we know to do is respond in not anger. We respond with being mad. Well, I can't stand you. There it is. Tell me how you really feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get on my nerves. Yeah. You lazy. I ain't say you was lazy, but you lazy. I said you lazy, though. There it is. Tell me how you really feel. So it's showing us suppression does what? It says what? It says the checking of one's true feelings and impulses. Most of us don't necessarily have impulse control. We lack that. What am I saying? Most of us are not necessarily cautious. We don't think about. I just learned this recently. And this is the thing. Most of us, we, we, we may take time to think about the decision. We may even pay attention to the details of the decision. But we, we don't necessarily pay attention to the consequences of the decision. In other words, we have been taught, I got to live with the choice I made. No, you have to live with the consequences of the choice you made. And we never really think about the consequences of the choices that we're going to make. What will be the cost if I say this right here, even though I'm mad? consequences, you can never take that back. I don't care how many times you tell them, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that, I was just angry, I was just in the heat of the moment, you were arguing, I didn't like what you said to me, you heard my feelings, so I said, no, you spoke what you truly felt. Even though there are times that this is what you truly feel, you have to have impulse control. Most of us lack this. And we become impulsive. We just do it. It looks good, I'm going to do it. It sounds good, I'm going to do it. Or it's what I want to do. An argument really gives you the opportunity to just show your tail. Let's just go ahead and be real. An argument gives you the opportunity to really just show your tail. Because as a believer, the scripture that we say that governs our lives tells us to turn the other cheek. I'm still trying to learn that one. Oh, she's helping me. That's one scripture I don't necessarily be praying about. 
I don't be like, God, help me to turn the other cheek. Oh, no, I would turn a, I would turn a sucker cheek for them, though. I don't be saying, God, help me turn it. No. That's what I'm saying. And usually I'd be like, well, y'all pray for me. Notice I didn't say that. Because <laughs> you know what? I might answer y'all prayer and start dealing with it by turning the other cheek. My thing is, I don't start trouble. But if you start it, I'm going to show sure finish it. That's my mentality. You understand that? But even when it started, as a believer, you got to let them start it. Let them keep on going with it. Let them finish it. What? Let them take advantage of me? Yes. Let them walk over me? Yes. Be their doormat? Yes. When they say something, don't say anything back? Yes. When, oh, don't even, I can't even roll my eyes? No. No sucking of the teeth? No. Kiss the teeth, sucking of the teeth? You understand? No shrugging of the shoulders. Don't rock. Don't give them the rock face. You know, with the one eyebrow up. Like, you, I know you. You are so stupid. No, you can't have those crazy thoughts that what they said was stupid. They stupid. None of that. We're talking about impulse control. Most of us don't have it. You're a believer, but you have no restraint. You have no self-control, no discipline. You notice we only seem to exercise discipline when you bring the issue to the table about them. Meaning, if I have an issue, where I, have, I need to talk to you. And we start talking, and I'm pointing out all of his wrongs, and he get all aggressive. Bro, what you all mad for? <laughs> Settle down. See, now you're antagonizing me. Settle down. You know, we do stuff like that. Like, like, like I, I tell woman of God, you need to pray? Woman of God, do you need to pray? Or I stop calling her by her name, Risha. Prophetess. You need to pray, prophetess? Woman of God, you need to pray. Come on now, you know God is not in that. You know, you say things like this because you're really taking subtle jabs. You know God is not in this now. Woman of God, you in your flesh now. You in your flesh now. You know God is not pleased. You're only able to talk like that because you brought the issue to the table. But when she brings the issue about you, and she say, listen, men of God, do you need to pray? Man, ain't nobody need to pray, man. Man, God, I think you need to go pray. Ain't, ain't nobody about to pray. You pray then. We can pray. Man, to God, we can pray. Give me your hands. Man, no. See, that some of the women, some of the women would do that to us. My wife would do that. When I don't give her my hands, she'll come from right around the table and say, Don't worry. Father, she'll come. Mm, get the devil. Touch me. Oh, that thing burns me up. Don't touch me. You know when you mad, you do not want to be touched. Touch me, man.
touch me now. Oh, that thing used to burn me up so bad, y'all. My, my wife would be so nice to me. I'm talking about what, long before we even got married, we was dating. I would be so mad at her some days. Some stuff she did, I just thought it was just the stupidest. Like, that don't make sense. It makes sense to her. It doesn't make sense. Why would you do that? It made sense to her. So in talking about some of these things, I'll be so mad. And in me being angry and upset, I did not know how to be kind. I was just like, I can't be. See, when you're from Florida, there's a term called when you floss, you pay the cost. I just, I couldn't be caught flossing. I'm like a floss, like I'm, 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 I'm good. I'm not good. So she would come in. This is when I was a minister. Hi, Minister Lincoln. Hey. I could barely get the hello out my mouth. I would be so mad. Because the truth be told, I want you to be angry because I'm angry. I don't like the fact that the issue that we're dealing with, you seem to be better. You seem to have moved on. I don't like the fact that you have moved on. I am still stuck right here. I am not better, but you seem to be better. That is a problem. Because the truth be told, I want to come out first. So I can say, are you still mad? Come on now, you got to stop this now. <laughs> it was not even that serious. You got to stop now. Come on now. She's not rubbing it in my face. But it feels like she's rubbing it in my face. Because I didn't want to hold your hand, but you, don't worry. Off me. She's okay to come touch me. And my anger, I don't want to touch you. And I don't want you to touch me right now. See, my wife understands me. Listen, give me my moment. Let me go and process this. I don't have an issue with telling you I'm wrong. Right now, I just don't recognize what you're saying to me. Is what you're trying to show me that I'm wrong in, I don't recognize it yet. Give me a moment to go process what you're saying to me. See, some people, rather than giving us that moment, Women, you do have this uncanny ability to come and just, I, I thought I said I needed a moment. Well, I was just coming to check on you. <laughs> what the father? I know. You didn't, I went in the room and closed the door. I locked it for a reason. Lock means do not bother me. I'm trying to have my moment. You, because you can't get in, you. It is 9 o'clock in the morning. Why are you asking me what I want for breakfast? I mean dinner. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. What you want for dinner? On a normal day, you asking me what I want for dinner at, at 6 o'clock in the evening. 9 o'clock in the morning, what you want for dinner? What the? I want for dinner. I don't know. Come back 10 minutes later. Do you, do you know what you want for dinner? No! I can't even process what just happened. Men, we don't do stuff like that. Okay, some men don't. Some men don't. There were some men who would come to the door. Are you okay? That ain't me. When you come out, you come out. Now, unless there's something really wrong with you, 
that I know that I really, really, just really, really upset you, then yeah, I will go check on you. I will go check on you. But for the most part, I'm, you go lock yourself in the room, child, I hope God meets you. I'm going to be out here praying, God, do it for her, do it in her life. That when she come out of here, God, let her come out changed, Jesus, because we can't, that right there, mm-mm. Most of us, we don't deal with our true feelings. Right? This is the thing. Do you even know how to truly express your needs, wants, and desires? Do you even know how to really express what it is that you actually feel? If we were to ask you, what, what is it that you feel? Most of us, you have the typical response of a man. This is men and women. What is wrong with you? The typical response of men is what? I don't know. Or the typical response of men is nothing. <laughs> when something really is wrong with you, we say, what's wrong with you? Nothing. Bro, you crazy is what's wrong with you. But I, I'm not saying I don't understand, but society has taught us that if we express what it is that we feel, we're punks. You're trying your hardest not to look and sound and act like a punk. I get it. But while trying to look, sound, and not act like a punk, you're dying on the inside. This is a telltale sign that something is wrong. Because when you start damaging stuff that you paid for, does that sound familiar to anybody? You paid all that money for this house. <laughs> you throwing bottles of hair grease, just uh, like you painting Manning up in that camp. Just boom, folks just playing dodgeball in the house. The men and the children, uh, <laughs> just, you just hurling stuff at folk. When you start tearing up your own stuff, there's a problem. And it's not just the physical things. If you're tearing up the relationship that you're a part of, there's a problem. If you're tearing down the self-esteem of people that you're involved with, there is a problem. If you're tearing down the lines of communication with people that you're involved in, there is a problem. If you're tearing down their thought of you, the image that they had of you in comparison to who you're sh consistently showing them you are now, there is a problem. We're talking about the anatomy of bondage. Most people don't understand that there's a problem. Why? Simply because it could be that you could be bound in your psychological realm and your lack of understanding of things. Now, this is the thing. God has designed to create all of us as unique individuals. No one is going to see it how you see it all the time. But if, if, if we consistently bring something to you and you always, I don't understand. If we consistently bring something to you, back it up with scripture, foundational principles, have a witness and everything else, and you still don't understand, there is a problem. And see, most of us are afraid, definitely as black people, you're afraid to talk about, hey, I might have a few screws loose. 
Because in our culture, we don't believe in going to get no counsel. Nothing wrong with counsel. God has downloaded information into these people. Spiritual counsel, whether it be psychiatric or psychological counsel, there's nothing wrong with counsel. Most of us just hate the image of appearing to be a little of Morocco. Or I could be crazy. We don't want this label. It really is. But for most of us, a lot of us are dealing with issues and we're afraid to deal with them. We don't know how to even express in a proper manner what you actually feel. And this is what's crazy. Even if we put a dictionary in front of you to help you express what your mind can't necessarily come up with, you still can't tell us exactly what you feel. One of the things that we talked about for women, you know, in one of our previous sermon series, we talked about why fear is constantly there. And notice, and, and go back to, to, to the other one in, in, in Romans, right? We talked about the spirit of fear. Why the spirit of fear? Women who deal with control. All it is is fear. Women who deal with fear, when you go back into the history, it is because the mother was not present. She could have been there but had no real relationship with her daughter. So there was the element of fear that is there. And so we see fear is a marker for bondage. I'm sure y'all familiar with the movie Django, right? I remember that movie. Remember how the slaves, they were marked with an M on their face? The M signified who their owner was. Fear, because God goes out of his way in the book of Timothy that tells us, I have not given you the spirit of fear, but love, power, and that of a sound mind. So if there's fear, well, there's psychological fear. Now, this is the thing. We all have something called initial fear. Initial or sudden fear, which is a natural fear in the moment. Meaning, if, if I was just bebopping, coming down the corner, and Pastor Ivan just jumped up, just like, ah! and I was like, ah! that's sudden. <laughs> Y'all know I'm animated. Stop. Right? <laughs> I got to paint the picture because that's probably what I would do. I'd be like, oh, I get that. Mm. Edit this out. Edit this out. Okay, pull it back. Okay, I'm not going to say that there. Hmm. Dog, it was really good. <laughs> In other words, when you get scared like that, I say this. You just go swimming. You just go swimming. Typically, I don't swim. Typically, I bounce with it just, yo, just, you know what I mean? But in a moment like that, you might start swimming. <laughs> mm -mm, pull that back, right? You understand? 
that's a, a sudden initial fear. In the moment, it's something that's natural. But when you move beyond that and there still remains to be a certain element of fear there, that is something that is of demonic activity. Whether it's of the psychic, because think about it, there are certain things that you think about on a day-to-day -day basis that brings you an element of fear. For example, I can mention one word, death. To a certain degree, everybody in this room is afraid of dying. To the point that you probably prayed and asked God, God, well, if I do die, when I do die, you know what, let me die in my sleep, God. Right? Y'all know what I'm saying. So there's proof that there is an element of fear when it comes to dying. That it's not God. Because when you understand who you are, who you belong to, whenever it is your time, I'm not afraid because I understand. Listen, I know how I have lived and I know who I've trusted. So come on. I'm ready to go live with him. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm there. You know, I'm still, I'm, I'm like, help me, Jesus. I'm working on this thing. Jesus Christ. You know, I've told him, I don't, I, listen, take me like that too. I'm going to go through none of that stuff. You know, right? So, but it shows you the element of fear. If it's not that sudden initial fear, if it's a lingering fear, it could be fear of death. And we could just continue with this example of death, right? For death, most of you, it has gone beyond just being something that you think about to it's now something that you feel. Some of us are afraid at different times when we get in the car, mm, something don't feel right. Where death, it's like death is riding you. This is no longer psychological. This is not in your emotional realm. Because there, there have been people who are known to say, it's like everywhere I go, I feel like I feel death. It's like I feel the presence of death. This is how real this has become to you. And we're not saying that, because the Bible lets us know that there is a, even when you go back to, to uh, uh, the book of Genesis, right? How the Lord sent the death angel. Right? And the Bible talks about there are three places that the dead would be. Death is one of the places. So it is a real thing that you can actually feel the presence of death. Because it's spiritual. So that's what we're saying. If that element of fear is there, it's a lingering fear. This is not just that sudden initial natural fear. This is something that's backed by demonic activity. Is this making sense to y'all? I hope it is. Right? So this, this, this last thing that we're talking about is possession. But I keep looking at my clock. I don't have no type of clock. Possession, right? Possession is defined as control or occupancy of property or without regard to ownership. Possession. So, Mike, I did give you the definition, huh? Control or occupancy of property without regard to ownership. Possession. When a demonic force takes possession, we have given the demonic force access by some one of these gates. And this is the thing. 
If Satan is the king of darkness, if he is the king of darkness, wherever there is darkness in your life, Satan or demonic force legally has a right to abide in that place. Make sense? If there is any darkness, for example, any unconfessed sins, the confession of the sin is you, in other words, the confession of the sin is you speaking truth. Truth is the thing that shines or brings light. If I fail to confess any unconfessed sins, I am holding it in darkness. And so guess what? Satan legally has a right to come or the demonic forces legally have a right to come and occupy this place of darkness. Control or occupancy of property without regard to ownership. This is the thing. We, when Jesus got up on the cross and stretched out his arms and was crucified for us, we were bought with a price. We no longer belong to ourselves. We no longer belong to the enemy. We're supposed to belong to God. But if you allow the enemy access, then guess what? The enemy, has, the enemy doesn't care that you belong to God. You have given him access. So the enemy is going to come in to control or occupy the property, you being the property of God, without regard to who he knows is supposed to own this. They shouldn't have gave me access, God. It doesn't mean that God doesn't get upset about what the enemy is doing. But the enemy has grounds. They gave me access. Possession. Definition number two for possession is Domination by something as an evil spirit, a passion, or an idea. Possession. Domination by something as an evil spirit, a passion, or an idea. And because I wanted to keep the entire definition, I just threw the passion and idea in there. But domination by something as an evil spirit. When you give them access, a demonic force doesn't necessarily always reveals itself that it's there. It's what we call, in, in, in church terminology, they're lying dormant. There were instances where you could see this demonic force, because remember we said this is a spiritual being, the only thing they lack is a physical body that you have, right? So when you're in this particular realm of bondage, possession, what's taking place is this demonic force pushes your human personality to the side and it brings up its personality. Hence, we told you in Scripture, right? The man at the Gatherings, right? The legion was in. The demonic forces spoke out of him, pushed his human personality to the side, and they began to speak and declare what they wanted to happen. So in other words, where they were once lying dormant, they came to the forefront. This is the thing. A lot of the stuff that you have seen in some of these movies, you tell yourself that that's fake. Right? But let me ask you this. If it's all fake, then why the hairs be standing up on the back of your neck? Let me tell you why. Because your body's responding to a certain truth that you may not even be aware of, but your body's actually responding to a certain truth that is something spiritual. 
that you may not have not even been informed about. So this is what you got to understand. Everything that you see in the movie is not fake. It's not something that's made up. What it is, it is something where a director, a producer, because y'all know most of them in Hollywood done sold their soul. They have sold out, and guess what? In them selling their soul, guess what? The enemy is not giving them a means to make money through real spiritual stuff that you will go and sit and entertain yourself with. Some dude, because he's trying to make it easy to get next to the girl, they're going to go watch it. I'm telling you what the game is, kind of. Telling you what the game is, Makar. As dudes, we're going to intentionally go watch a scary movie. Because as a dude, we're supposed to be tough. We're supposed to be your protector. We know certain scenes, it's going to frighten you. So you're going to, ah! and you're going to get closer. Just like we like, I got you. I got you. Don't worry. I got you. I got you, boo. Don't fall for it. I got to tell you because you're my daughter. Don't fall for it. I'm telling you as a man some of the things that we do. We intentionally take it. That's why he said you want to go to the movie? What kind of movie we going to see? Because I don't watch scary movies. Comedy I'll do, but scary no. He's trying to make it easy. He's trying to make his work easy. He's going to let the movie do all the work for him. No, I'm just telling you a truth. Am I lying, bro? <laughs> he, know, he know what I'm talking about. I'm let the movie do the work. As, as a man, as less work I can do, oh, I'm all for it. I ain't trying to work that hard. Am I lying, bro? <laughs> he know I'm not lying. I ain't trying to do all that work. Sure, you already been got me chasing y'all. Man, I'm tired of chasing you. Now that I got you, listen, I need all the help I can get. Let this thing be quick. I'm just telling you a truth. Don't fall for it. So, coming back to the point, everything that you see is not fake. Some of these people have been exposed to the spiritual realm. And being exposed to the spiritual realm, they're bringing information out of the spiritual realm back into the natural realm where they're actually making money. But in them making money, when you go and sit underneath and then watch and call this entertainment, guess what you are doing? Remember, go back to the gates. You're opening yourself up based upon what you watch, based upon what you hear, based upon what you allow them to entertain you. And you don't know what has entered in. Because, see, you think it's just a TV show. I'm going to show you how it's not just something you're watching. For example, I'm pretty sure everybody in the room has experienced watching pornographic material. If it was just TV, then why did your body have a response? If it's not spiritual, then why did your body respond to what, not just what you saw, because I'm saying when we ain't talking about that, that little salsa, but when you see some hardcore stuff, when you hear the noise and all of that stuff, your body has responded not to just what you saw, but what you have heard. Your body had a response, because guess what is real? And when you understand sex, sex is the most spiritual thing outside of me laying on my face in worship to God. It is a spiritual act. Matter of fact, sex is described in, in acronym form, spiritual exchange, spiritual energy exchange. 
you saw folk imitating the marriage covenant, them coming together, what you saw, gate. What you heard, gate. Tell me why your body had a response to it. Because guess what? Your body had a response because you were open to what you allowed yourself to be entertained by. Now that's why some of y'all did with the spirit of lust so strong. See how we just connected that? That's why some of us dealt with such a horrid spirit. But then if we really get real, that's why you deal with such a perverted spirit. Oh, and everybody going, we ain't going to stop right there. ain't going to pull back on you. Because if you a dude and you was watching pornography, guess what? The attention was on his. The attention went on, 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 on. Oh, no, boo, let's tell the truth. The attention ain't really on the chick like that. Oh, they put, they making sure they put the camera on that dude. So don't ever tell me you a dude. You ain't had no thought about no. Because if you watch porn. They want to play a game. You want to play a game? No, boo. No, I know you're a man and all that stuff, but don't tell me you ain't never watched one. Now, I was just looking, now, I was just looking at her. You were looking at him enter into her, buddy. You stop telling that lie. Oh, we in there today, but we in there today. We're going to tell the truth right there. Oh, bind it up. Oh, bind it up, baby. Bind it up. Oh, because oh, folk don't want to tell that truth. Oh, man. Yeah, you a man that watch a couple of. You a man that watched a couple of. All I'm saying is you had a response to based upon what you were allowing yourself to be entertained by. Your physical body had a response. There was certain knowledge that was downloaded into you. And that knowledge, it's not just image. Because this demonic force to the untrained eye, to the eye that's not sensitive to what the spiritual world is, it's an invisible person to you. But the person that can see it, you saw. So, this is what we have to be careful because you don't know what you have exposed yourself to. Case in point, we talk about the, 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 the ear canal or the ear gate again. We oftentimes use this example when you talk to somebody on the phone and they were dealing with depression. And you being the good brother, good sister, good friend that you are, you wanted to be there for them. But if you don't know what to do in situations like that, or if it's not, if it's not depression, better one, anger. Better one, anger. Anger. Somebody that you find, uh, they come, bruh, 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 bruh. Oh, and you like, what, what, bruh, bruh, I'm, I'm so mad, I'm so mad. Bruh, you like, man, what? Nah, bruh, bruh. They start telling, they're like, listen, you ain't, listen, li listen, man, let me tell you what happened today. I, I'd have been waiting for 10 minutes. 
I got to get mad all over again. <laughs> I was mad when you was like, hey, I'm so mad. I was mad right then. But because it took you 10 minutes to say, you ain't going to believe what happened today. God, I got to get mad all over again. But what I want to show you is anger. Somebody that you care about. When they come to you and they're upset, angry about something, especially how someone has mishandled them because you allowed your ear gates to be open to this, guess what? You immediately got angry. You didn't question. Most of us don't be like, you're not going, okay, what happened? Like, okay, okay, okay. I know what they saying. You saying they did. What did you do though? You never get the balance of the story. You only just hear based upon the person that you care about. Oh, you know what? Hey, let's go. Hey, let's go. Let's go get them right now. Yeah, looking crazy. But what I'm showing you is what? Because I allow my ear gates to be open. If words are spirit, like Christ said, if words are spirit in their life, what have I just allowed? I just allowed the spirit of anger to do what? Have access to me. So what am I showing you? Even when you go into the scripture, when King Saul, before King Saul, or David became king, King Saul, how King Saul, there was something called the spirit of prophecy. He's not a prophet, but because he got into the company of other prophets who were prophesying, he began to prophesy. He's not a prophet. So based upon the company you keep, the spirit that dwells in the midst of the company that you keep, and guess what? It can transfer to you. That's why you hear folks say, birds of a feather flock together, guilty by association. So in other words, simply put, if I want to know you, all I got to do is look at the company you keep. If I want to know how you act, all I got to do is look at, check out your company. This is what I tell parents, parents, spouses, if I want to know you, all I got to do is look at the children. Because, you know, most adults, they ain't going to be honest with other adults. But your child, all I got to do is look at your child. <laughs> right? All I got to do is look at your child. Your child is going to reveal where you are. Because your children are nothing more than many yous. Right? I'm telling you the truth, right? Your children are nothing more than many yous. The, and that, the reality, they're sponges. Like Shekinah, my oldest, that's me up and down. That want to prove somebody, that debating spirit. Oh, she can't, she can't wait to try to get me. She be like, oh, oh and daddy, and daddy, but what about you? I'll knock you to the floor. You don't get out of my face. You know what I mean? See, then you got to threaten her. <laughs> but the truth be told, she right. You just right at the wrong time. I knock you to the floor. You better get out of my face. You know what I'm saying? You right at the wrong time, though. Right, because I'm mad. And you, you don't know. You about to catch one. You about to catch a backhand. You got to discern the situation. <laughs> you can't just discern the individual. You must discern the situation. You, you follow what I'm saying? So, understand, you want to know me? Just look at them. That's three different versions of me. Three different versions. Majesty, the one who will go and isolate herself with the phone. I don't necessarily be on the phone, but I will isolate myself. I don't want to deal with nobody today. 
Oh, yeah, some days I'll look at your number. <laughs> I have gotten wise. Don't just send them to, don't just send them to the voicemail because then they're going to know that I saw. You know, you got to make it look like, well, I wasn't in my phone. No, some days I'm holding my phone in my hand and it's you. Like, not today. I can't do it today. Now, this is reality. It's not because I don't want to deal with you. I don't want you to have to deal with me. I have not been in his presence good. And see, if you catch me, if you catch Lincoln and not Pastor Lincoln, see, you might be turned off from church. Because everybody can't handle me as a natural man. Like, I'm giving you portions and bits and pieces of me as I tell you the truth. Like, yeah, I bounce with mine, quit. See, pastors don't supposed to say that. No, I'm telling you the truth. I ain't finna sit up here and lie to you. He working on me. He working on me. Uh, now, I got it good where he delivered me from cussing, so I don't cuss. But you to my, go in your mouth quick. Go in your mouth, bruh. Look at here, look at here, look at here, look at here. See, I just be trying to give my kids little scenarios. I know I ain't cut nobody off on the highway yesterday, but I wanted to show them something. I said, listen, I don't know who that is behind us. Every turn I made, they made. So I'm giving them a scenario. I said, you got some people who did a road race that bad, they'll follow you to your house. I said, I got to bend a couple corners on them. Because you know when I get off the highway, boom, hit what, two corners, and I'm right there at my house. I'm trying to teach them a lesson. Listen, some people are going to be easily offended on the road. You must pay attention to everything that's going on around you. I don't know who this is. I don't know if they think I misused them or mishandled them while we were on the road. So I got to bend a couple corners. Because I can't have folk clutching and busting, jumping out the car, clutching and busting on me. You feel me? But if you, if you ain't going to clutch and bust, meaning if you're not going to shoot and you, you want to knuckle up, oh, baby, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> you forget that. If you ain't going to shoot because you put a, um, come on, man, God. Ah, turn me into a punk in front of my children. Like, bruh. Praying that serious, bro. I didn't see you, bro. What? You put that gun at home, boy? Hey, listen, I'm gonna get soft so quick. Some days I contemplate whether or not I'm gonna bend my wrist on her. <laughs> oh, y'all think it's a game. I'm trying to live. Folk crazy these days. Y'all know folk done died over road rage. Now, if you ain't going to clutch and bust and you want to knuckle up, oh, baby, let's do what we're going to do. So I got to show them, listen, I don't know. Some folk, they get offended by anything. I got to bend a couple corners on them, though, so they don't know where I live. So I'm trying to teach them life lessons and everyday stuff. Right? That's all. Relax. So as we continue to deal with this, I pray that you got something out of this. I pray that this was informative as we deal with this. And so next week, we're going to really try to dive in as we still continue to deal with the anatomy of bondage. We're going to try to dive into the psychological realm of this thing. What it is to be bound mentally. Mentally. Because there are some people that don't understand. You're actually bound mentally. And if you're not bound mentally, you can actually be bound in your emotional or your soulish realm. Or you can be bound and the spirit of who you are. Right? So, 
Everything we dealt with, it is going to be scriptural. I don't even know if I even dealt with the scripture. I hope I did. I hope I did. <laughs> I hope I did. Lord, have mercy, man. Y'all had to see me. I was back there struggling like, man, Pastor Ivan, I don't know what's about to happen because this is not looking right. None of this is coming together. Right? But amen, we bless God. Amen.